Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from what I think is 3,000 miles away. I'm just making up my own backstory by the one and only Mr. Gregory Zarian. Good morning. How are you? What's going on with you? You're having your coffee, I see. You know, and I'm, it's my holiday cup, festive, little, uh, little snowman going on. That's very... I have, I mean, this is not a shameless plug. I have my behind the velvet rope mug. That's just, you know. So um, I I was promised a mug. Listen, you're here, you're chatting, you get a mug. I'm like one of those, I'm like one of those just people, like I'm a lawyer, like I don't practice law anymore, but I swear it's my legal background that just, I am one of those people who anticipates, I'm not negative as a human being. I just anticipate business things to go wrong before they do so i just assume no one's ever going to show up despite the fact that they are and most people do like 98 percent of the people do actually like 99 but i still just assume someone's not coming well but they also show up for you thank you well no i uh listen i uh i i, I know of you and i and i know all about you so uh when it was in, presented to me to be part of uh part of your world. I said, absolutely. Only if I get a mug. You can have a mug. How do you know about me? Or would you rather not say? That's okay if you'd rather not you know, say. You know, here's, here's what I know about you. I know that, um, uh, I know of the podcast. I, I know you're pretty transparent. Um, I, I enjoy reading and I enjoy the, the quips and the comments and the statements. And, um, I've, uh, yeah, I've gone to the podcast and I've listened and uh, you're really direct. And I think it's probably your New York background because I don't, I don't believe in a lot of bullshit and give me the answer and let's talk and either tell me or you don't. And, you know, we all have a story, so let's talk great stories. So that's what I know. And, uh, you know, a lot that's- of people want to be part of your world. And I, when, when Matt brought this up to me, I'm like, absolutely. 
Well, I'm excited to chat with you and thank you for listening to even one second of the podcast. No, please. Thank you're you. already, because of that, you're already one of my favorite guests. How, how's that? Today, at least give me today. You're definitely going to get today. Trust me. And there is somebody else I'm talking to later. So you're not by default. Thank now you. you are in LA, right? I'm not making that up when I say 3,000 miles. No, we are. Miles. No, yeah. 3,000 miles away. I am in Los Angeles. There's my tree. I'm going to move. Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, and it's a beautiful day in LA today, so um, I am here. But as we were saying before we started, I miss New York. How is it? How are you guys feeling out there? I mean, like, it's. I was in Orange County for a second during all, I mean, just since March. So I did travel for a minute. Um, well, we just shut down again in New York. So, like, we're officially shut. It doesn't really, as far as, like, the daily activity, to me, it doesn't make a difference. Sure. Just because I'm home, like... A lot of people were calling me and I don't pay attention either. So when we were shutting down yesterday was our first day shut down again. Like I had no idea until someone told me that like the restaurants are completely shut. I'm like, what's the difference? I'm home. True. I get it. But I it's think, not good. It's, you wouldn't recognize New York. Uh, I've, I've been told that I, I hear there's this one, first of all, New York strong, you know, I have friends that, um, you know, and I, even though uh, my twin brother, we were born here, very, very, very East Coast boys. We, uh, we are Upper West Side boys because that's where we've been staying for the past 25 years. It's, um, it's so much a part of who we are. So when you guys got hit the worst, it was emotionally crippling to me for the country with all this going on, but also just New York because you, you got balls and you, you, you are the place that people landed and changed their life. So I, uh, my heart goes out to you guys all the time. Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. I mean, it's just, I think now our numbers are better than a lot of other places. And like we, you know, whatever that means, but you would walk around New York and you would be like, where is everybody? You do have an East coast sensibility for someone who's from California. Thank you. Um, yeah, but if you're in Los Angeles, we're uh, we're basically a living petri dish right now. It's awful. Like I don't, I kind of just think, what the fuck are we doing? Can I say that? Yeah, you can say anything you want. Like what the like what are we doing, people? I don't. You know, we we were so stringent on social distancing and masking, and like I really felt like we had it right here, and then all of a sudden, our numbers have climbed so high, and it's. Like it's heartbreaking and like, I don't, it's weird because like I'll drive by and I'll see people with their masks and socially distanced. So I'm like, it probably is true that people are doing what they've got to do publicly, but privately, Hey, come on over. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do that. And then boom, families are decimated. So it's just, uh, it's tragic. And um, we're living through a pandemic and we need to just, because for me, this is more, this is about me taking care of me, but it's also taking care of you. You know, I'm 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 gonna wave at you. I'm gonna elbow bump you. I'm gonna, you know, I'll hug you in three months. Because I want to live to talk about this. You know, I want to be a dad someday. So it's, you know, I I want to be on your podcast next year and talk more story and you know drink with my coffee cup that you sent and maybe a matching t-shirt and hat. Or you can have all of that, or you would write, you can come to New York and we can have a drink in person, or I can be in LA, which would okay, be that better. A promise? That is a definite promise. Hey, cheers. Cheers to that. Because like, well, 
Frosty. And we could even do a podcast in person. Imagine that concept. Okay, done. And if we do a podcast in person and you're here, we'll do it in the backyard. Well, you seem like, I mean, well, California in general, it's like everyone has some space. So that's why, I mean, no knock on California. It's just with houses. I'm just like, why people just stay home and relax? I mean, I'm happy to stay home now as it is in my apartment. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm very lucky. I've got a, I've got a beautiful, beautiful uh, backyard. And, you know, the one thing that I'll say about uh, lockdown and, and not going out is really being with my friends and family more, you know, I have my little, I have my pod and, you know, we sit outside and the couches are two feet away. No, like spread apart more than two feet away. Yeah. Feet away. But you get to know your friends differently. You get to ask more questions. You know, even uh, our dad died uh, eight years ago and my mom 20. My aunt, uh, she is my go-to and she is my touchstone. Um, my twin and I, Lawrence, we also have an older brother, Vince. Um, but with my aunt and Vince, they're not ones to really open up. The conversations and the questioning and the engagement and the relationship with all that's gone on with lockdown and shutdown has changed. Because you, you, you're kind of like, like for me, I've become a lot more fearless with my questioning. I've been a lot more, hey, what's, you know, like my older brother, Vince, what's it like to be twins? I mean, to be the older brother to twins. Who do you like more? You know, who, you know, who's, who's, Who's your favorite? Uh, so I really love that because I'm walking out of this knowing who is in my world in a better yeah. way. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I mean, I've been saying this on this podcast this whole time. Like, if you are not having a come to Jesus moment with yourself during this, then like, I don't know what is going on. I mean, you're also wasting your time because that let's look at some positive through this. But like, if you are still like, look, I mean, I'm still on Instagram all day. And like, I mean, I'm still the same person. But if you're not having like that come to Jesus of like, that fabulous person over there actually hasn't called me, you know, and that's great. We're probably going to have drinks in a year. But like, let's take stock of the real world. You know, it kind of just like New York is like LA. It just makes, you know, we all lose ourselves. I love, I love what you said, though, about when you said that fabulous person hasn't called me. If well, yeah, there's, wrong, there's things wrong with that statement, yes. No, but can I tell you, it's a fantastic statement, because here's the deal. We're in a global pandemic, and everything that we do has changed. And, you know, there's a lot of fabulous people that have called me, and they were not on what I thought my list was. So by, by no, and we've, we've all, we're all surviving it, you know, for the people that have lost somebody and the people that are sick and their worlds have changed, you know, my heart breaks for them. And I'm, I'm very much pro organizations, pro charity, pro food delivery, pro free to love, pro all of that, because I'm very fortunate during all of this. Um, But if we are not taking stock with, who is suiting up and showing up in our lives. You know, people, people have assumed, well, you know, you live in a house, you're okay. I'm like, how do you know that? You know, you're in a relationship, you're engaged, you're fine. You don't know what it's like to be on your own, but how do you know that? And then you get the other people 
that have called and said, how are you? It yeah. then allows me to open up and then I get a call and go, you know, hey, David, how are you? And it then evolves. So yeah, I'm great because I, the saying is I see you. I'm seeing so many more fantastic people that were there in just a different way. And I'm not, I'm not shaming or shading anybody. I just, uh, as you said, if you are not paying attention to everything that is going on right now in your life, then you're not really paying attention. Yeah. And you're never going to, because this is about as much time as you're going to have with your own thoughts ever. Hopefully. (laughs) Speaking of your twin, um, what was it like to grow up with a twin brother? I'm just always curious. I mean, I know twins, but like, is that good? I mean, I'm sure it's great now. I'm kidding. Um, Before we continue this conversation, I just want to say that 2020 has certainly been a year. And at the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot getting in the way of my happiness and achieving my goals. And I turned to BetterHelp, which is online professional counseling. And it really helped me not only achieve happiness during this time, but really achieve my goals. Behind the Velvet Rope went from two times a week to four times a week, and I wrote a book, the Behind the Velvet Rope book. So for anyone that feels that things are getting in the way of their happiness and achieving their goals, I strongly recommend BetterHelp. You don't even have to leave your house. It is online professional counseling. And what I love about it is you can start communicating with them within 24 hours of signing up. Anyone that knows me knows that if you don't get back to me, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. These counselors get back to you in a very timely manner, and you're really matched with a counselor that fits your needs. If you get a counselor that you don't like, you can just request another counselor. Everything, of course, is confidential. They deal with a variety of issues, depression, stress, anxiety, sleep. We're all having trouble sleeping during this. Trauma, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem, grief, LGBTQIA issues, And I have to say, it is actually more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available for anyone that cannot afford it. So they're growing so rapidly, and so many people are turning to BetterHelp for help that they're looking for additional counselors in all 50 states. Go to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Velvet Rope betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and you get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people today taking charge of their mental health. You're not alone. If you need help, this is a great solution. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and get 10% off your first month. As you make a face. I did not. I did not make a face. You pondered the question. Uh, you know, it's all I know. You know, I don't, I don't know anything different. Um, he is, Lawrence is seven minutes older than me. Um, so it was set up Vincent, Lawrence and Gregory. So I am the baby. Um, it's all I know. Uh, I was born with a best friend. Um, a best friend that we love each other more than I will love anybody in this lifetime. Um, we have kicked the crap out of each other. You know, when you're identical twins doing the same thing in the same business and you are up for the same job, 
and one of you gets it more than the other one for a long time, there's a lot of resentment on his, on, you know, yes. here, 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 yeah, you know, you, we were raised as the twins. You know, my parents did, my mom was 19, my dad was 23 when my older brother came, and then four years later we came. Um, I don't think they were really equipped to be the parents of three kids. You know, they were kids, they were immigrants in this country, and, you know, they, they didn't even know, David, they were having twins. Long story short is four years after, uh, four years after Vince was born, uh, my mom found out she was pregnant, but together we were nine pounds. Our heartbeats were insane, so she had a false labor, and the doctor said, hey, Doris, and I love my mom's name, and my dad's name is Loris. Hey, Lord, Doris, go, uh, go home, have a cigarette, and pour a drink. The twins are fine. And uh, my mom's recollection was she started crying and said, honey, we need 400 diapers. So they, they, were, they didn't know. And wow. Because our heartbeats were in sync and um, we were nine pounds together. So we, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, one thing I'll say to parents of twins, we all know they're twins. Call them by their names. You know, we were the twins. And for me, I was always introduced as the, and so here's Lawrence and his twin. So for me, I, I felt that I was the and the. And uh, years later, after tons of therapy, uh, you know, we stand side by side. And, you know, we're identical twins doing the same thing. And there's some... We, we all, listen, we all, we all have our things with our siblings. Uh, I'm grateful for Lawrence. I'm really proud of Lawrence. He, uh, for a long time I was doing, I was getting a lot of the jobs that we were both up for and he was getting burnt out. So I was flourishing and doing my thing. He thought, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do it. So he, he was introduced. We were, he was on a show. We were on a show together. He was then a addressed approached by somebody and they said can you talk about etiquette and manners and the network uh really liked Lawrence but they didn't uh he didn't have PhD so they said what can you talk about and he said I can talk about jeans um he's now the fashion guy and for over 25 years he has talked about lifestyle fashion and now he has created this beautiful niche he's on He's been on live with Ryan and Kelly, Kelly and Ryan. Um, he's on, he's a regular now on Kelly Clarkson. Um, and he's created this niche um, about his women and celebrating women of each and every glorious size. And he just uh, created his own, um, his own, um, uh, his own brand. He's now connected, oh, wow. with, connected apparel and it's connected apparel. Um, CA times LZ. And, um, it's his first signature line and it's separates and it's all about every woman of every size. So he's kind of left the acting to me unless we have acting stuff together. I'll have to have him on this podcast too. But Doug, he doesn't, um, you know what you, you know what I have Lawrence on. He's amazing. And what I love about what he does is he really just celebrates women. You know, because there's such a stigma about being a certain size, and he's kind of like, "Fuck it, be your size." You know, but it what is. he doesn't, right? but what he always invites people, men, women, and all of us, is celebrate your size, be healthy about it. You know, we are tons of sizes. We just got to be healthy about it. 
That makes sense. What about, did you guys always know, like, growing up what you wanted to be? Was it always, like, clear you guys were going to do the same thing? Was it always, like, acting, entertainment? I mean, uh, you grew up in the L.A. area-ish. And, and that's, what, that's what you do-ish. Uh, kind you know, of. We were little jocks when we were kids. Uh, and then in high school, he, he uh, was on swim team. I became an all-state runner. And then he uh, fell into um, theater. So he was the actor of the year in um, high school and college. And I kind of stayed true to the, um, to the running and the jock thing. And then somebody came up to me. I was working in a department store. Hey, are you an actor? Because I dabbled. I had to do acting for credits. Uh, yes, I'm an actor. Next thing I knew, I was thrown on Days of Our Lives. I wasn't good at all. And... Um, I was written off like six months ago because I sucked and um, went to Europe for a few years to lick my wounds, grow up and come back and realize that it's really storytelling is really important to me. And um, if I don't believe it, how can you believe it? So uh, yeah. And I think we've always, we both, we both don't hate being in front of a camera. We both don't hate telling stories. We're actually really, uh, we're, we're great independently together. We're, we're great. And, you know, we're really lucky. We, we are in a business that is super, super hard and people have been really kind to us. So uh, we work all the time and we're really lucky. That's good. Did you do like in the beginning, like you're working at the department store, did you have other, like, did you wait tables? Like, did you have that? Like, well, I've done everything. Uh, I've waited a thousand tables and it's the best gig in town. Uh, on a Christmas Eve day, I walked out of this restaurant in the valley called Reeve Gauche Cafe, and I made $25. And at the time, I was a smoker and haven't smoked in 20 years. So if you smoke, put down your cigarettes. They suck. They um, do. I, I bought a pack of cigarettes, and I put gas in my truck, and I couldn't have been happier. Uh, bus boys are unsung heroes. Um, so when, when the world opens up and the busboy passes you outside of being kind of the waiter. Busboys are superstars. Um, it's some of the greatest stuff I've ever done. Have you done it? Not really. Like I, in high school, I know, and that guy sound like such a prissy bitch. Like in high school, I worked at, you know, like the local fast food type place, sure. or like an ice cream place. Like not McDonald's, but the equivalent more or less. But I never really waited actual tables. Like I don't even know... I'm not good. I'm not coordinated. Like there would be stuff all over the floor. Like I really, I don't know how it. I, I never said, I, here's the thing though. I always made it an experience. I was not great at it. Reeve Ghosh was fine dining. Um, and I remember somebody would say to me, Hey, you know, what's that wine? Like, I'm like, it's, it's red. I don't know. But because I was, because I had a good time with it, I wasn't awful. Uh, what was also great is Lawrence and I, and uh, we would cater together. I know catering, up until pandemic was a huge business in the city. And, yeah. you know, it's, I've met some great people that have given me their cards that have been really, really kind. And I, I have a friend that would call me and go, how many jobs do you have today? Because I would work for a delivery service. Uh, I would cater. Uh, and here's what I, a lot of people think that what we do is interesting <clears throat> is I um, am lucky that I still model. Um, and people are really gracious and 
I had done uh, a Disney Easter campaign. So I was paid thousands of dollars to shoot this fantastic campaign in the, over the bluffs of Malibu overlooking the ocean, uh, making thousands of dollars. A week later, I was working with this production company, picking up plates. And it was the same ad agency. And the guy said, hey, aren't you the Disney dad? And I go, yeah. And he goes, you're a model. And I said, I am. Would you like a Diet Coke? The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. It's my job. And I find no shame in I find no shame in my working my ass off game because it's just because one day I'm making thousands of dollars doesn't mean that it lasts every day. So I uh and it's been some of the best times I've had. Some of my greatest experiences have been with friends that um you cater with or you hustle with. I uh, I got to work with um, Tom Hanks in all his publicity black and white photos. There's a woman named uh, Mary Kay Dean who was in all the photos with him. And to hear stories in the day of Tom Hanks' struggle and her being a theater major, um, you, you can't trade moments like that. So I'm, uh, it, to this day, if somebody needs a hand, why not? Because it's just an experience. And a check is a check. And uh, that's how I feel. I mean, I feel like, you know, if you, if your rate or whatever it is, say it's $1,000, but on Tuesday, if I'm making zero, I'd rather make 50 than 1000 That's just how I am too. I'm like, if this is an open chunk of time, not to undersell yourself, why not just take that and worry about your ego? At You know, like I, I don't have an ego either when it comes to business. I'm like, it is what it so- is. So let's do this. So let's plot for next year that we will find a catering company, pull out the black and whites, and let's do a couple loops. That could be fun. What's great is... Hey guys, I need to tell you about something which has made my life so much easier. It's called HelloFresh. And with HelloFresh, you get pre-measured ingredients and amazing mouth-watering recipes delivered right to your front door. It's that simple. You get a recipe and everything you need for that recipe is delivered along with that recipe and it's pre-measured. So it takes the stress and the thought and the planning of meals and it throws it out the window. Everything you need, you get from HelloFresh. You just follow the recipe and voila, you have a meal on your table in no more than 30 minutes. Some meals take a lot less even to prepare. And what I love about it is anyone that knows me knows I hate going to the grocery store. This eliminates all those trips to the grocery store. So home cooking, which I used to dread, is now for me fun and easy and it's affordable. You get a minimum of 23 recipes a week. And the thing is the recipes and everyone who knows me also knows that I have a very short attention span. The recipes are a huge variety of flavors and ingredients and cuisines. So last night, I didn't know what to make. I made the chicken tikka marsala. 
And the night before, I had the pork carnita tacos. So literally, you're eating Mexican one night, Indian the next night. You could literally have different meals and cuisines every single night. It's amazing. This has changed my life. You guys really have to try this. So here's the thing. Because you're listening to this podcast, you can go to hellofresh.com slash 10velvet and use the code 10velvet for 10 free meals. Let me just repeat that. 10 free meals, including free shipping. So that's right. Because you're listening, go to hellofresh.com. That's hellofresh.com slash 10velvet. HelloFresh.com slash 10velvet. Then use the code 10velvet. That's it. You will get 10 free meals. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Plus free shipping. You guys have to try this. I guarantee you're going to love the food. It's so easy. We're all so busy these days. This will this will be a game changer. Listen, don't take my word for it. It's America's number one meal kit. So you don't get to be America's number one meal kit unless you're doing something right. HelloFresh.com slash 10Velvet. Use code 10Velvet for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And DM me after you try it and let me know if this really is a game changer as much for you as it has been for me. Once and I were at Magic Johnson's. Was it Magic Johnson's? Somebody's wedding in Bel Air. And I remember I was this close to getting fired because I was sitting with the bride's mother and I wasn't working, but I had the best time. Like, it's the best thing. I mean, you hear everything and you see everything. Like, did you ever, between catering and waiting, like, just, you know, wait on someone or cater something where there's, like, certain famous people where you're like, I overheard something, this person's amazing, that person is horrible, either positive or negative. I mean, I feel like all waiters and cater waiters have those stories-ish. Yeah, you know, I don't, uh, at that wedding, it was just this beautiful wedding of people loving people. Um, you know who, uh, my, back to Lawrence, my twin, used to uh, waiter with, he'll tell you about this when he's on, is Sandra Bullock. At Canada oh, really? Stage. Yeah, in, uh, in New York City, and they used to pretend they were um, a German married couple. And um, he says one thing that he respects of her back then to even now is, her hustle. She's got a genuine hustle. I so, can see that about yeah, she, her. Uh, yeah, they were the best of buddies in the day. Interesting. So when you were working at the retail department store and someone said, do you act? And you said, yes. And the next thing you're on Days of Our Lives, were you just like, what am I doing here? Like, um, I mean, you yeah. wanted to be an actor anyway-ish? It was Los Angeles. Of course you say yes. Yeah. I had big feathered hair. Um, like I had fantastic, the best skin. Um, yeah, but here's what, you know, he, you know, I just didn't, I was really green and I didn't know anything at the time. I was really good friends with Emma Sams and, okay. uh, general hospital star fame. Um, the Colby's fame, uh, one of the kindest, sweetest women. And I remember I called her and I said, I got this part on Days of Our Lives. Will you help me run lines? Because I was so green, David, I didn't, when I, when I say I sucked, I just, I wasn't good. And at one point I remember standing on set thinking, what am I doing? 
And I remember walking in and the first person that greeted me was Jennifer Aniston's dad, Jan Jennifer Aniston's father, John Aniston, who couldn't have been nicer. He's amazing. Um, the girl I worked with, uh, Missy Brennan, who played Jennifer Horton, um, we were kids and she was contract. I was supposed to be upcoming contract and they were just seeing if her and I had a great connection. Um, you know, I just, I was new and I didn't, I was just new and a kid. And, you know, I made great money. I was in soap opera, went to soap opera events. And I remember there was a moment that Lawrence and I were at this star studded event on Vine Boulevard and it was black tie and red carpets and all this stuff. And Lawrence looked at me and he said, go to class. And I went, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. He went, go to class. And it, because he was the theater actor, it meant something more to him. I'm like, no, 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 I got it. And then a few months later, I was, I never got a script. I was supposed to get my scripts in the beginning of the week. And I called my manager and she said, um, yeah, they're not bringing you back. And one of the producers looked at me and she said, listen, on camera, you, you look beautiful on camera, but you just, you're not a good actor. And I, uh, you know, a lot of people give soap opera acting, um, for a long time it was dismissed because I think the world has changed and we have so much on digital now that it's more celebrated and respected. Um, it's hard work and- Yeah, I would think so. And it's, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything because of where I've, where the, the road has taken me. Um, I kind of took a great gift for granted and I wouldn't change anything because it um, lit a fire under my ass that I still have. So I, uh, you know, grateful for the moment and it's actually propelled me into where I am today. How'd you know Emma Sams to run lines with her? I mean, she's, you know, like you said, General Hospital dynasty. Uh, I had a buddy named Don Bonacy who used to be an ice skater. And um, one of their friends also, her name was Christy Jenkins who befriended my twin and we're talking, I mean, this is really letting you know how old I am. She did the first book called The Buns Book um, and we're going way back to John Eric Hexum days. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he's the one that passed away, right? From A gun, a prop gun. Oh, wow. Um, so we would all go ice skating, and that's where I met Emma Sams. And we would go, like I used to be a good ice skater. We'd go Tuesdays and Thursdays. And she became family. And to this day, because we both ended up, of course, she was on General Hospital, and I had a great run on GH, we're now part of the GH family, but every time she's here in the States, uh, we see each other. And um, she's, you know, she's, she's one of the good ones. I, I love her and uh, grateful to be family with her. Did you work with, because I couldn't figure it out. Did you work with Eileen Davidson when you were on? I did not. I didn't no. know if you guys overlapped or not. No, she's genius. When I see her at events, the very first time I met her, I, just, I think she's one of the most beautiful women I've ever looked at, ever. And I know her niece. Um, I couldn't really talk to her except just saying, I think you're beautiful, and then hi. Um, I'm really good friends with people that she works with. Like Tracy Bregman is one of our best friends. Beth Maitland, I've known for a lifetime. And she, we were just texting this morning. She's, uh, she's like, you end up being family with these people. And, you know... Uh, so that's, so that's how, you know, inadvertently you cross paths. And because the soap world, again, used to be so small and now it's bigger, you know, you, you, you know, 
from days to GH to then it's the series and to other things, you, uh, you all end up working with each other somewhere, somehow, or at least somebody that's worked with somebody else. I mean, I ask about Eileen just because, you know, of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's why I needed to know. Um, we're going to talk about that soon, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we could talk about that now if you'd like. No, listen, this is, I'm, I'm a talker. Did Matt tell you I'm a big talker? That's okay. We like talkers. But just um, tell go like, if you go like this, speaking of uh, housewives, remember Danielle Staub? Wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about New Jersey as well. That's some good shit. So, right. So you were on Days of Our Lives, then you left, and then like you kind of did it, I guess, backwards, for lack of a better word, then you went into modeling. As mo- uh, you know, I mean, not that it's backwards, but you know what I'm saying. I was throwing on a soap. Uh, as I've already discussed, it didn't go the way that it could have. Uh, went to Europe for a couple of years, and that was some of the best times of my life because no one, uh, our father was a very successful politician. Um, when he passed away eight years ago, um, th- most of the state capitals um, lowered their flags at half mass. I mean, he used to work for good old, work with Arnie Schwarzenegger. He was, um, in the in crowd with the Reagans in the 80s. I mean, my father was a very liberal Republican and um, at a celebration of his life eight years ago, some of the most prominent Democrats in the Los Angeles area celebrated him, that he was just a Republican that wanted to hear both sides. And he was known to vote liberally um, if he believed in a cause. Um, Yeah, you know, I his name's Larry Zarian. So you're like, you're one of Larry Zarian's twins. You're one of the twins and being a politician's son. Um, there's a lot, you know, being his child, there was a lot on us. Um, I'm grateful that there was no social media back then. Um, you know, yeah. And you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm grateful to be his child and my parents taught us to be respectful gentlemen. But when you are fired off a show because you weren't good and you're a twin and our older brother was a baseball star. It was great for me to get up and go out and um, live in Europe for a couple of years and walk down the street and no one knew who I was and really just find out who I was. Um, wouldn't change it for the world. And you know, when you live in a country and you don't speak the language, you learn the language, um, you, you hustle. You know, I, you'll appreciate this. I, the movie last year with Jennifer, uh, um, I think, listen, I think we're all strippers getting on the pole every morning. And I think any way you want to look at it, I think we all are in the hustle. And it was great to go to Europe for a couple of years to learn what my hustle was about. I wasn't my dad. I was, of course, my parents' kid, but I was on my own and I wasn't, oh, you know, it's his twin. It was, I am Gregory by myself. And uh, it changed my game. And to this day, there's moments where I'll be in my car or driving, walking down the street and I see the pavement of Milan and Paris and Zurich and Munich. And uh, here's, here's the thing, uh, Ricky, Ricky, Mickey Rourke used to party at a club in Milan called Hollywood. I used to party with Mickey Rourke. Who can say stuff like that? And yeah. uh, some of my best friends, my, uh, I call her my wife, Anne Marie, we grew up together and um, wouldn't change it for the world. And it participated in creating me to be the man that I am. So some of the best stuff I've ever done. 
was your father and like family more disgraced about your firing than you? Like, you're just like, all right, I lost my job. I didn't, wasn't really looking for it to begin with. Or what were you like, also like, get me to Europe. I am upset, <laughs> depressed. I mean, there's a lot of other words I could use. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best time in my life. And I remember I said to my, here, and this is what I love about being my dad's kid. I said, uh, cause Lawrence had moved, Lawrence had moved to New York. My older brother, Vincent, had moved out, and he was uh, living with his girlfriend at the time in Newport. I said, hey, Pop, uh, an agency in Milan wants me to move, to, to go to Milan. And he said, Gregory, there's one of two things that can happen. And I was in college at the time. I said, yes. And uh, my dad didn't believe in the acting or the modeling. He thought it was a pipe dream. And um, My father he- would have believed it was a pipe dream, too. So this is how I ended up practicing corporate tax law. But go on. What, what nationality are you? Jewish. Okay. Armenian, Armenian, German. You know, my father came from Armenia. You know, our family survived the genocide. My mom was born in Berlin, Germany. Our grandfather was invited into the Nazi party. He basically told the Nazis to fuck off, stayed in Poland, came back. My mom was thrown off a passenger train with my grandma. The train was blown up and then watched my grandma had her ass kicked by some Nazi that uh, wanted everything to the head. So... I was brought up with this fight. We were brought up with this fight. And uh, my father did not believe being the TV business was um, the best career at the time. And he said to me, Gregory, yes, dad. And of course, it was a very proper sit down. Um, There's one of two things that can happen. You can stay in my house and go to college or you can leave my house and live your pipe trick. And I looked at him and I went, okay, can you at least get me to the weekend to get out? And uh, best thing I ever did. Yeah. So then, a few weeks into me being in Milan, I had lost 10 pounds immediately. I had no money. Um, it was so bad for me that my roommate at the time, because my agency in LA set me up with this roommate, she was so loaded, she brought her chow his name was Samson from Beverly Hills. Uh, I had no money or no food, David, that I actually would go into the freezer and steal like a corner of the ground beef that she would make for her. I'd steal food from the dog. Wow. To eat. And I remember I called him and I said, dad, um, I have no money. Well, Gregory, there's one of two things that can happen. You can cash in your ticket, um, ticket, come back here and get a job or you can get a job there. And I said, will you send me money? He said, no. And he ended every phone call with, I love you. Uh, yeah. My parents are similar. I got a job. My, I mean, you know, my parents paid for school and it was like, you can go to med school or law school, but after law school, I mean, I'm not most, a lot of people's parents don't even pay for school. It was just like, right. Like, you need a dollar. That's why are you calling me? Like, yeah, but here's the thing that you also went to school and it seems like, you know, you didn't disrespect your school. You went to school and you know, from what I gather, appreciative of your parents. And I mean, and here's, here's the thing, even though you go to school, who do you become? I mean, the great thing I'll say, this: the great thing about my father, because my dad saw my struggle and just because it wasn't on his side of the brain, he, um, and here's the beautiful part about, full circle moments, our dad uh, had uh, 
prostate cancer and myeloma. Myeloma is a uh, blood cancer. And he never really understood that I'd go to audition. Hey, I'm at an audition, dad, I'm on audition. And he would say, Gregory, when is it going to pay off? And I'd been working and he knew that I was wounded after General Hospital. He knew that I really tried, even though I wasn't great. I tried. I never took it for granted. As even though as I was saying, you know, my brother saying go to school, it's not that I didn't show up and do the best that I could at that moment. It just wasn't paying off. Um, I had a great guest star on the TV series, The Mentalist, and he was in the hospital. And my episode was airing. And I said, hey, Pop, do you want me to stay with you? And he said, no, no I'm going to be here. And that night he watched it with his nurses. And um, they said to me that he was proud and that he said, that's my son. I'm proud of him. And um, what do you say as a kid, except, yeah, he got it. And he saw the struggle and he saw the payoff. And um, yeah, really, really grateful that he got to say to me, I'm proud of you and respect how hard the hustle has been. So a lot of people don't get that. And I'm grateful that he got to see that. That's amazing. Thank you. So, right. I mean, he saw that. So you were a model and you loved it. And then I still you- do it. I love it. Listen, I got to say it's, when people, here's here. bottom line is we're telling a story. You know, you, David, are telling a story. I'm telling a story. When you take a photo, when you're on a set and you're having, you're being filmed for something, you're telling a story. So for me, it's making my acting a lot better. You know, I believe that if I'm with a guy or a girl or a kid, I'm telling you a story that every time I hold up this little boy, you have to believe that he is my kid or I'm holding hands with a wife. She is my wife. So yeah, I, uh, very, very lucky. I'm with LA models here in LA. I'm with major in New York and, uh, some great people in between, uh, Jay in San Francisco, Brandon, Orange County, uh, lock in, um, South Carolina. So it's, you know, it's storytelling and I'm super, super grateful. And, uh, the modeling has paid off uh, and it's made me a better actor. Which I never kind of thought of it that way, but that makes sense. Well, here's the thing. You've seen photos where you see the act. I'll take my glasses off. You see somebody looking, they're supposed to be looking at the sunset and it's like this. Yeah. Looking at, and here's the thing. I always say to somebody, even when you're taking headshots or something, put something behind you. Like I, now I'm looking at a sunset. You know what I'm saying? It's storytelling. Yeah. And you know, some of the best ads are when you believe it. I was just looking at something this morning before we hopped on and I thought, I believe that. So I pinned that site because I really liked the puffer jacket and I liked what it is. So I, uh, yeah, it's storytelling period. Well, who doesn't like a puffer jacket, right? I mean... Oh, my God. Hold on. Wait. No. I love a good puffer jacket. No, no, hold on. This is referred to now as my goddamn puffer. I live in this. Isn't it fantastic? I like it. Yeah. So I'm going to wear my puffer now. Thank it's you, Caroline. A, it's very LA without the sleeves because I imagine it's not so cold there. Um, listen, I even wear gloves. I'm cold all the time. We have a lot of similarities. I'm cold all the time too. And my father had prostate cancer too. Not that it's anything to brag about. I mean, he's- Your father's still alive? He is. Oh, good. He is, but I mean, he had it. 
But so here, so let's let me just say real quickly. And I, again, I'm sorry for over talking. Now you could talk. Guys, all you got to do is a finger shoved up your ass for five to 10 seconds. You're going to get through it because most men, most men that end up getting prostate cancer and unfortunately dying, and you also have to pee in a cup for your PSA is, I don't want to finger up my ass. And most men don't talk about it. Um, colon cancer, um, anal cancer, they're silent killers. Um, go, go, go. Like you, you should probably, because your dad had it. I did. Went, I went this year for the first time. These are all the things I'm doing in COVID. I'm like, I've gone to like, you know, just like, oh, I've been, this has been on my to-do list for like five years or four years, whatever. It's, there's things like that that I've been doing that I'm just like, I should have done this literally three years ago. I'm not, there's like a million of those moments that I've had in the past nine months. Uh, I just, I uh, did a, just not that anybody needs to know, but an endoscopy and colonoscopy. You know what? This house is clean. And seriously, but you know what? Here's the, yeah. Women, women will talk all about breast cancer. Did you know, David, that out of every hundred new diagnosis, one to three are men. Isn't that right. crazy? And men should examine their packs. Men should check. Same thing with their balls. Uh, feel your balls, check. And a lot of cancers now are coming up environmentally. And back to what we were saying a long time ago was ask questions, you know, ask your family history, hereditary, stuff like that. We, we need to know these things uh, because it's a different time and a different life. And uh, if you're not healthy, then what the fuck are you? I agree. Thank you for the PSA of the day to feel your balls. And um, listen, one. And one finger up your ass. And here's the, can I, and the guys, we all have a G spot. Figure it out. You got, listen, you're doing it for medical reasons, right? November, you know, November, it's all men's health. You will think my older brother's best friend, Alex. Cheers. Talk about it. It's, it's a wonderful world. Listen, listen, you've got your, if you don't have your health, I agree. You don't have anything. That's also how I was raised. Like my parents were very like, this is all great. But at the, which is true. I mean, when you have like $500 million and you're on your deathbed, you can't buy your way out of that. No. And you also realized that, you know, for men, prostate cancer, it's like blood in the urine and you can't keep an erection. Why weren't you talking about it to your partner, talking about it to your wife? Here's the thing. If you're in a relationship, take off all your clothes. It's going to be playtime, but just go, hey, let's look at each other front and back, through the feet, through the head, because a lot of the time somebody will find something that possibly could be cancerous and could be nothing. And here's the great thing. You're both naked and you both get naked and look. And, you know, it's a lot of shit was taboo. It shouldn't be taboo. And you know, a lot of things, my older brother, I get back to Vincent really quick, is there was some dried blood in his urine and he didn't talk about it or do anything about it. Uh, stage three bladder cancer. Guys, if you're smoking, smoking contributes to bladder cancer. You lose your prostate, you lose your bladder. You don't get hard anymore. Figure it out, do the math. And we're boys, we all love our dicks. So do what kind you of. gotta do, if anything, to keep your dick. That will motivate people. So, yes, sir. Okay, the vest is coming off now. So you got back to the states, and then okay, so you come back from modeling. Now, 
you get GH right after coming back? Like, how does that happen after being fired on Days of Our Lives? Does, does, does Emma Sam say, sorry to say you were fired? I was fired from a lot of jobs. I, we can go down the list. No, I was, can I tell you, I was fired. Um, I fired, written off. The woman that actually wrote me off is a family friend of ours. And she's like, I love you. You weren't good. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I hit the pavement. And a lot of people knew that I, uh, you know, it's a big world and a small world. And, oh, he was on GH. He wasn't good. So I had to gain the confidence of a lot of people. And my agent at LA Models, Chris decides claiming, uh, she kept the faith, she kept the belief to this day, she's still my agent. And um, she introduced me to the commercial division um, at LA, LA Models and then LA Talent commercially. Um, I was with another agency, a guy named Ben Garcia. So listen, I really like you. Uh, I'm going to take a leap, fire your agent, and I guarantee you, if you do what I say, um, you're going to book a lot of commercials and your world will change. And all he said to me was, he said, basically, you're kind of crazy. And he said, you are so not tainted by this business because things make me laugh. I have a good time. I Things that sparkle, I, I watch. Uh, I have ADD. So... He just said, be you, and I promise you, you're going to book commercials. Um, fired the agency. A casting director named Lisa Pantone brought me in for something, and um, it was a 10-day commercial. And at the time, I was booking everything to the point of my twin brother, Lawrence, had to come in and stand in for me because I had too many back-to-back -back stuff. Um, Stand in for you, like, let's pretend oh, we're Gregory. No, absolutely. There was a moment where I booked a Bud commercial, and I had just done a Lean Cuisine National, and I couldn't shoot at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion a long shot. And they said, hey, we need somebody to stand in for you. And I said, Lawrence. So Lawrence was the long shot of me running through the fountains. And wow, gave him his side card. You're welcome. Um and Did you give him any of the check, though? That's really the question. Why do you have to bring stuff up? Did I just open a whole pan? You're going to get a text, like, after Lawrence listens to this, and he's going to say... You know, I think you should do, uh, and now Lawrence's side, like, and just... And just right. Make it uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he, you know, being a twin, there's lots of payoffs. He's hired me a thousand times, so it works out for both of us. Uh it, be, it meant more to me. So I started working and then um, I signed with an agent and I was doing little bit jobs here and there. And I met a woman in a taxi line named Molly Sweet. Uh, she was at Buckwald. She goes, listen, I really like you. And in the process of me not working, I became a motivational speaker. So I worked with this company that dealt with agencies, TV and film. And I was very lucky um, because I really don't give a horse's ass what you think about me. That's good. I'm very fearless a lot of the time. And agencies and clients want to hire someone that will be fearless and not care. Um, I ended up having agents all over the country. Um, so I met this woman, Molly Sweet. She said, hey, I want to represent you. I got a great guest star on Primetime Glick with Martin Short. And she was then fielding an offer to bring me on to General Hospital. And they brought me on to GH as this character, Julius. And I was this fabulous uh, designer that got to work with Maurice Bernard and a good friend of mine, Megan Ward. And um, 
GH put, put me back on the map in a, in a great way. In a, in a, you know, I believe that we're all on a map. It just moved my map peg into a better area for me. And um, the fans were great. They were lovely to me. Um, got to do some great stuff that is now to this day still connects me to. It says, it'll say like in soap trades, you know, General Hospital X Julius, former Julius. Yeah. Uh, and it, um, it changed my game forever grateful well i mean you're being modest when you say the fans were nice to you like julius was like a huge fan favorite people, people love julius <laughs> they did they do you know they here's what i realized that julius was kind of cool i'm going to megan ward's um fan event and i am walking upstairs molly took me and there are the general hospital fans are insane and Yes. They fucking love their people. And I was walking upstairs and I heard somebody say, oh my God, it's Julius. I had this sea of women and fans running toward me. And from that minute, they scooped me up and never let go. When they had basically sent me back into New York, there was a huge uh, fan petition to get me back on the show. And one line I said on the show to Sonny Maurice's character was, you think you're more than a French baguette. Um, loaves and loaves of loaves of um, baguettes were sent to ABC to bring Julius back. And uh, those fans still follow me today and I'm forever grateful. And I get invited to all the fan events and, uh, it's like going home and it's kind of like, uh, I'm saying this now for the first time. Yeah. You know, you look at something when you're given a great job days and it didn't go the way you hoped it breaks your heart somewhere some, somehow. And, uh, you had, I had, I went through, not that it was a lot, but there was a lot that's just for me. I went through a lot and I had to grow up to then be invited back into the soap world by this great show with these great people and these amazing fans. It was kind of like, what's, what's the other side of a, for a woman, it's a debutante. For a man, it's kind of like a welcome back. And a, what did yeah. you, did you like feel redeemed? I did. I did. And I never became arrogant or cocky about it. I just forever grateful. Like I, I am forever grateful. I don't, you know, when I hear things that people become bitchy or snobby or you have no idea how hateful they are because of their celebrity, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Me and either. I don't get it. I mean, if you to this day still don't handwrite a thank you note and um, say thank you and please, especially now during pandemic and shutdown, you need to close your eyes and spend some time because here's the thing. One minute... As Heidi Klum says, either you're in or you're out. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't take any of it for granted. So I, uh, I, I'm my kid's parent and it's all about gratitude and all about, you know, I believe I'm the child of immigrants. And I believe that when they came to this country, they taught us how to be over gracious and we're guests. We are guests. So I, uh, I will never not be grateful for all the stuff that I got. And like, how great is it when someone's like, you know, 
that person's amazing and like, oh my God, I met them and like, they're so humble. Like that's the turn on. Like when you put your ego aside and people are like, no, I love your work, but wait, you're actually also really humble. That's kind of how I try to be in life. But it's a great way because here's the thing. It's whenever somebody wants to take a photo with me, I always say, let me take a photo with you first. Because it's about them. I don't, you know, I don't, I, you know, you know, a great show, what Criminal Minds, the fans of Criminal Minds, 15 years, they are just steadfast and received me in such a way that, you know, they are all over my social media. They are receptive. And it's like, like it's Criminal Minds. Spain is really nice to me. Um, I don't take any of it for granted. And if somebody says, hey, especially like even with Matt, hey, we used to have him send me a headshot or do it. Are you absolutely? Yes. I will, please, I will send a card. I will send a headshot. I will do whatever because you're watching me and you like what I'm doing. And I, I didn't ask for it. So, you know, I've, I've asked for jobs in regards to me auditioning and really hoping that my work will get me onto a show because I don't expect anything to ever be given to me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm lucky with some of the greatest fans. Thanks for tuning in to part one of our sit down with Gregory Zarian and stay tuned for part two, where we talk more about general hospital. We talk housewives. Do you know he calls Kathy Wakili mom? He knows Margaret Josephs, Dolores Catania, Danielle Staub. He also knows Lisa Rinna. We talk about Brandy Glanville. We talk about Denise Richards. And he's also been on a bunch of our favorite pop culture shows, Nip Talk, Revenge. How good was Revenge, guys? 90210 and the OC. Yeah, I have some questions about Misha Barton. Stay tuned for part two of our sit down with Gregory Zarian. We're just starting to get into it, guys. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.